Hey everybody, welcome back to the Out To Be podcast. It's your host, Katie Zaccardi, and today my guest is Lydia Walker. Lydia is a singer, songwriter, and worship leader from Tennessee who also has a podcast called the Rustic Songbird Podcast, where she shares with other songwriters what she's learned so that they can write, record, and release their own music with confidence. And she is quite a YouTube expert, and that is what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm really excited to dive into today's episode. We've not yet really gone in-depth on YouTube on this podcast, and Lydia is also guest speaking in the Out to Be Mastermind this week, so it feels like a very YouTube-centered week, (laughs) and I'm really excited to share this episode with Lydia and all of her wisdom. Now, I'm also going to be sharing a little bit more uh, in the next couple episodes, but we are going to be taking a break from the podcast. You didn't even know it, but this was season one the whole time. It went on for two years nearly, and we're going to take a quick break while the Out to Be podcast gets re-centered plan some episodes for season two, and really, really gets clear on what our message is moving forward and delivers what you guys want and are craving. So I'll have more information on that on the upcoming episodes as to what the break's going to look like, when it's starting, when we'll be back, things like that. But I just wanted to give you a quick heads up because we've only got a couple more episodes left of season one. So Without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode with Lydia Walker. Hey, Lydia, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. Hey, Katie. Thanks for having me on your show. We have a very exciting episode in store today on a topic that we actually have not covered that much at all on the Out to Be podcast. But before we dive into it, before and I'm not, I'm gonna make keep the listeners ears peeled. Well, you'll have to see what that thing is, (laughs) but. I want to first talk about your journey in the music industry and with self-confidence. So first start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yes. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share some of my story. And I love what you're doing on this show, especially focusing on the mindset and the holistic wellness of people that are in the music industry. I just love what you're doing. And that's super important to me as well. As a musician, I don't want that to be the one thing that defines me. I want it to be part of a bigger purpose. And so when I first got started playing music, I started on guitar, started writing songs when I was super young. I was about 12 when I first started writing songs. And Katie, I was naturally shy. I was not the person that would want to be in front of people on a stage. I would like literally do like fidgety things when I was on stage. Um, because I grew up singing in like church choir and little kid musicals and stuff. And I would have one solo and freak out about it. Oh no. Um, but, but the thing was when I started writing my own songs, it was like this therapeutic thing where I was writing my thoughts and I was expressing my feelings, especially as the going through the teenage years, I was expressing all this stuff that was going on and it was really helpful for me to write that out. And I realized nobody else is going to be singing these songs. And that is what gave me the drive to actually start performing, putting myself out there as a songwriter and really playing a lot of gigs in person. And so coming from like a natural, I think I was a natural introvert and becoming more extroverted because of that purpose, that inner purpose, uh, really helped me to realize that I was able to serve more people. I was able to encourage people with my music. And that's really what motivated me to build my confidence over time because it wasn't about me. And I realized that's a good thing. 
such a good point because I think a lot of people, a lot of artists, whether they are taking on the burden of imposter syndrome or feeling self-doubt or whether they're honestly thinking strategy-wise, they can often take a very selfish perspective. And I think that makes it so much easier for like self-doubt, lack of confidence to come in. And especially strategy-wise, but I think all around, it's really important to recognize, like you said, that it's not all about you. It's also about the other people who are experiencing this with you. So what were some of the things, aside from really just grounding into your purpose, that you found helped you to build up your confidence so that it was no longer an issue? You weren't, you know, scared for a solo anymore and Mm -hmm. you were able to really do what you set out to do. Yeah, I think there were several things that played into that. And one big thing for me was having my mom be a constant encourager. She was always giving me encouragement about my songs. She would try to help me out with whatever projects I was doing and be positive about it. And so I think everybody needs some kind of support system because it's totally natural to doubt your creative abilities or like if you just wrote a song and nobody's heard it, you don't know if it's good. You don't know if anybody's going to like it. And so just to have a sounding board of like somebody that you trust, like a best friend, maybe your mom, maybe another musician, somebody to share your ideas and say, what do you think? You know, they can tell you the truth in love and tell you if it needs a little rewrite or if they're like, I don't think it's done yet. Or if they say, Hey, this is great. Like I have an idea. You should go for it. Put it out there. I think having somebody speaking that into your life helps you build that confidence because you think, okay, it's not just me. Like somebody else is agreeing with me that this is a good thing, that this is what I need to do. And also kind of from a mentor perspective, if you have somebody that's further along where you can ask questions and help you get to that point that you are headed for. So like if you want to get better at the craft, you could be around people that are doing it well see what they're doing and learn from them. So I think that's been super helpful for me is to really have my accountability and mentorship come from positive people that I want to be like. Such a good tip. I think mentorship and getting a coach and really having someone that can be your biggest cheerleader along the way, but also help you to actually answer the questions that you have so that you feel really confident about your strategy, how you're showing up and how you're approaching it makes the world of difference. Because even if you are the most confident person in the world, if you feel like you have no clue what you're doing, or you feel like you have no clue what next step to take, that can, you know, already be a hit to your confidence. So such good tips. So talk to us a little bit about how you have really integrated a YouTube strategy into growing your, your fan base, your artist career. Yes. So you said this is something you haven't talked about on the we show have, No, we've never really talked about YouTube so before. This is really juicy then. We're going to get gritty and um, talk about some strategy. So um, I do think there's a big part of confidence of just being willing to put yourself out there. And especially over the last few months, people have been trying to find new ways to get their music out, new things to put online. And video has been huge as far as live streaming artists doing concerts, uh, Facebook lives, YouTube has a live feature, and then also just making videos of yourself singing, putting them online, whether that's live or pre-recorded. YouTube is an amazing tool that one, it's free and anyone can put up videos. 
And then two, you can use your phone, get started with whatever you have. And so it's really accessible to anyone. And I really encourage people to try it out, especially if you're in the music industry, people are finding artists on YouTube. Um, one great strategy to use is to do cover songs that people are searching for. And what I would recommend is to do cover songs in similar genres by similar artists. And then also figuring out how to optimize your videos to be found in search. And I found this out by accident because I had just been posting my videos on YouTube to be able to share to Facebook for a long time. I was using it to host my videos. And then what happened was a few years ago, one of my videos went viral and it got over a hundred thousand views That's on awesome. one cover video. And I was like, where are all these views coming from? So I started to look at my analytics, which I hadn't even really been looking at the YouTube traffic because I had just used it to share on Facebook. I wasn't promoting the video. And the one that went viral was called, uh, it was a somewhere over the rainbow ukulele cover. Aww. And so that tag that I used was ranking and people were finding that video over and over and over. And so I didn't have the channel monetized. I didn't have it like optimized super well, but all this traffic was coming from getting one of my tags ranked and being found in search. So at that point I thought, aha, <laughs> what if I could optimize every cover video or every video to be able to be found in search and build up views over time to build my audience. So because of that, one video going really big i've been able to duplicate this strategy to do cover videos and get over 10,000 views on multiple videos and so far other videos haven't gone to over a hundred thousand views but that one video sparked the idea to do regular content that keeps getting found over and over so this is something that anybody listening can implement right away and you can use your phone to make videos the quality of the video holds people back a lot of times and so I want to tell you you can just use your phone make a video upload it to YouTube and you can use this strategy for free to get more views and build your audience I have so many questions for you we're gonna yes, dive let's into this. bring it on <laughs> so my first question is how long ago did you start doing YouTube videos and how long did it take for you to see that 100k view video and kind of be like okay something is happening here yeah, so I started my YouTube channel in 2007, and I had a few videos up there that I shared every once in a while. I did some of my original music. The problem with the original music is people weren't searching for it. And then I did have some cover videos that I just kind of did on a whim, right. threw it up there, didn't think much of it. And I think it was 2012 when I put the ukulele video up. And then I think it was maybe a year later that it started getting tons and tons of views really fast because right. at some point, maybe the algorithm changed and it was, you know, pushed to the top. And so it was being ranked. And what happens is when you go to the YouTube search bar, someone would type in somewhere over the rainbow ukulele cover and my video would show up either first or like in the first couple videos. Right. And so it was getting a ton of traffic on that one video, even though Nobody knew me as an artist. Right. Nobody knew my original music because I was still like fairly new and um, like I would play local shows and stuff, but wasn't putting a whole lot out there um, as far as cover videos yet. So uh, it did take a while for that to kind of get a spike in views. But then once it was ranking, it kept getting views. And you can see in the analytics, like where it was coming from, 
Most of it was coming from search, but then there's also suggested videos mm. that show up on the side when you're watching a video. So right. somebody was watching another Somewhere Over the Rainbow video, and then they come to my cover and watch it. Then it's also being suggested people who are likely to watch mine too. So you started like 13 years ago. So 2007, I put out my first video. That's and awesome. I was not consistent whatsoever with YouTube until okay. a couple years ago. And that's really when I found out about the views and I started getting curious. So I started watching trainings and videos about like, how does YouTube search work and how can you optimize your videos, which optimize is kind of a scary word. If people are like, what is that? It basically means putting your video in the best possible place right. to be found in search. And right. so you do that with keywords and you want to do your research on the front end, find keywords that people are searching for in the search box. So just think about how you would type something in. And then if you're fairly new, you can add some words to that keyword to make it more likely for you to show up. For example, if I just typed in somewhere over the rainbow, like the video we're talking about, I wouldn't rank for that because it's too competitive of a keyword. There's too many other videos about somewhere over the rainbow. But as soon as I add ukulele to it, right. it's a much smaller search. And if I add a ukulele cover, that's a smaller search. Right, and so right. for someone getting started, if they wanted to do a guitar cover or a ukulele cover, or what I've found has worked really well for my channel is chord tutorials. Because if people are searching for covers, a lot of times they're wanting to watch people doing their own version of it and they might want to learn the song. So I have people coming to my channel now that are learning guitar or learning ukulele and I'll just put the chord diagrams, like the picture of the chord symbol, on the screen when I change chords. And so that's adding value to someone who's wanting to learn the song. Yeah, it's really cool. Even though they don't know me as an artist, they're just looking up this song. But right. They think, oh, that's really cool. She must have more videos like that. So then they subscribe. And then I get song requests for other covers. And so it builds over time. And at this point, I think I have uh, 2,200 subscribers right now on YouTube. And I finally got to the 1,000 mark. That took the longest, but then it's grown steadily since then. And I just monetized my channel about a month ago. And so I was able to go through that process. And now people are asking me, like, how'd you monetize your channel? How does this work? And it grows over time. So the great thing for anyone listening is you can start now and you can grow exponentially. It's going yeah. to keep growing and keep growing. And the more videos you add, the more views you're going to get over time. So what do you say to someone who is already sort of talking themselves out of doing YouTube? Because I think a lot of people now would say podcast is the new medium. YouTube, like you started your YouTube channel in 2007. People aren't starting YouTube channels now. It's kind of like becoming old. If anything, I should start a podcast or I should do IGTVs or something like that. What's mm -hmm. your take on like the relevancy, so to say, of YouTube, and can we get in the game starting from scratch right now? Yes, the answer is yes, and I'm gonna keep it super simple. If all the nerdy stuff I was just talking about overwhelmed you, then I'm gonna really just focus it in right now. You can make one video, and all it takes is one person to watch that video. You never know who is gonna watch that video. If somebody watches it and likes it, they enjoy it, they're gonna share it with people. And they're probably gonna hang around, they're gonna subscribe. Think about that on an infinite scale. There are 
tons of people that are currently searching on YouTube for the type of thing that you're interested in. We're talking about music right now, but that's just one thing on YouTube. There are so many things like whatever you're interested in, you could do on YouTube. It doesn't even have to be music, but specifically for musicians, this has been a really good strategy. So what I would do is if you have a YouTube channel or you don't have one yet, you can start one, put up one video. I would recommend doing a cover song because people are searching for that. But if you do your research on the front end and see, like test a few things out in the search engine, it will actually give you a drop down of choices of things that people are searching for. So it takes some of the guesswork out of it. And then I would say, just test a few things, try a few different ones, and then maybe one will really take off. So I have probably top 10 videos that are getting lots of views and stuff. And if I make similar videos, like, more ukulele covers, I know it's going to do well because it's already done well. Right. There are some videos on my channel that have like 10 views and you know, I probably got those from sharing on Facebook and my mom watched it. Yeah. (laughs) Again, she's my biggest fan. Um, but back to your question about like YouTube versus podcasting versus everything else. I do think it's good to be consistent. And so when you're putting out something, I would just pick something that you love. If you love audio, go for a podcast. If you don't mind being on video or that's something you want to work towards, do YouTube. Yeah. If you like writing, stick with blog posts. Or if you want to get in on a few different things, here's what I would say. Have something that's your pillar content and then share it on everything else. Yeah. So you're not making a podcast and a YouTube channel and blogs and all that. But what I'm doing right now for example, is I started a podcast for musicians called Rustic Songbird, and I'm making the podcast my pillar content, but I'm doing these interviews with people, and then I post the the video version on my YouTube channel. I put the audio and the video onto a blog post, and then I share it to social media. So I'm not creating all new, fresh content for every platform because there's just so much time in the day, right? And I want to make sure that what I'm doing is uh, the best way to get things out to multiple people. And honestly, my podcast interviews haven't done that great views wise on YouTube, but I want to have that archive available on my podcast for people that would rather watch than just listen to the audio. I think there's value there. And again, I'm testing. So it's not going to hurt my feelings if one video gets 30 views and then I post another video that builds views over time and gets 10,000 views. Like that is going back to mindset that is detached from my self-worth. And so it doesn't matter how many views, because if a video does great, awesome. Back to, it's not about me. If it doesn't do great, that's fine too. It's not going to hurt my feelings. If the YouTube algorithm doesn't like my video because the algorithm doesn't care, you know? Yeah. Um, But what I want to know is, am I being consistent for myself? Am I going to be showing up and know that I'm putting my best out there? If I'm doing a cover, I'll do my best. That does not mean it's perfect because nothing is. Everything's going to have some kind of flaw. Like if you do a YouTube cover, you could do three takes and just pick the best one. I just did a YouTube cover recently for the song, I Hope You Dance by Leanne Womack, like classic. That song was in my head all week, and I was like, I should really try this on ukulele. That would be fun. So I did three takes of the song, picked my favorite take, 
each one was slightly different, but I feel like people aren't looking for perfection. When they look up a cover, like they know it's going to be live, right? So like if your voice cracks or you play the wrong chord or you forget the words, like just do your best and put it out there. I think that's the piece that people are missing. And that might be a takeaway for someone. If you don't listen to anything else that I say, like put your best out there. It does not have to be perfect for you to get started. Just test some things, see what works and do more of that. Yeah. I love that. I think one of the things that I tell my clients very often is about number one, um, honing down on your social media and kind of skimming down on your social media. So a lot of my clients will be like, I'm so overwhelmed with social media. I just like hate this platform. I don't want to show up on any platforms because I just feel like it's so much. And do not be afraid to pick one or two or three tops platforms or ways that you are really getting to people and getting to your fans. And so if you are not enthralled with anything that you're doing right now, but you do like YouTube, you find yourself scrolling through YouTube, maybe that's a really good fit for you. And again, to really emphasize what you said, pick what you love, pick what you're going to be excited about because that's going to help you stay consistent. And consistency is the key to that growth and experimenting, which is something that you've mentioned a lot too. Mm -hmm. So one of the other things that really stuck out to me was how you talked about starting with, and you've mentioned this several times, but covers as opposed to original songs, because people aren't searching for your original songs. Now that's Mm -hmm. not something that I would have outwardly thought, but as soon as you said it, I was like, that totally makes sense. Nobody's searching like, Oh, like Katie Zuccardi original music. They probably don't know who I am Mm -hmm. yet. And if they do know who I am, they're probably listening on Spotify. So such a good idea to bring people in by creating things that people might actually be searching for. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you mentioned Spotify. So if someone is already doing like Spotify playlists where you add your song onto a playlist, with similar artists, that's how people are gonna find you because they already like those artists. So what I would do is get really specific with the type of person that you want to attract and do songs of similar artists that they're already listening to that they love. For instance, I'm writing music about motherhood because that's the season of life I'm in, I have little kids. And so I'm writing songs as an anthem for moms to encourage other young moms and that's very specific. but. There are other female artists out there that are putting songs out about motherhood. And so I could do a whole YouTube series of maybe five videos that are all about motherhood, songs that people are looking for. And then if they like my voice, if they like kind of see my story or they want to subscribe, like it's going to be similar content. So I'm not going to do something by a band that's obscure, that's not going to be a similar fan base. Think about a similar fan base. Like for me, solo female artist would do really well. Um, So uh, songs like Slow Down by Nicole Nordeman would be really good. Um, There's some songs by Ellie Holcomb that I love that are about that. And so if I think about other artists, those are great songs that I could cover and have a similar artist um, and have them find me either in suggested videos or by searching for that song specifically. Right. And I think that YouTube actually does present a really great advantage in the suggested videos feature. Like that feature doesn't really exist anywhere else and certainly not in that way. Like you could be binging YouTube videos for hours just by going off that feature. And as an artist, it really opens you up to a lot of opportunity. So Mm -hmm. that's awesome. We have so many great tips for getting started. Now, 
you also kind of alluded to this before of like, just take out your iPhone and go. It doesn't have to be perfect. Perfectionism is definitely something that's going to hold people up and stop them because you see those YouTube right. covers with people where there's like two cameras and it's swirling around and you can tell the audio is pre-recorded, but it's so good that you kind of don't really care. And the, the video's all like high quality and yada, yada, yada. How do we yeah. kind of talk ourselves down from not having to have that, especially mm -hmm. at the beginning and still getting started? Yes. I love this question so much. And one thing that does hold a lot of musicians back is we see what we think is the way to do it. We see what other people are doing, but that does not mean that you have to do it that way. And people can put a lot of money into paying a production team to make a great video. But what I've seen is the high production videos don't always get the amount of views as just a random cover on the phone. And so, so videos that I've made for free have done way better on YouTube. So you think, oh, I have to spend thousands of dollars, hire a videographer, get editing, color grading. No, like how are you gonna do consistent content like that on a weekly basis? And what I've heard across the board from content creators, anyone who's writing, who's doing videos, who's doing podcasts, is that you need to put out something every week. And how I would recommend people to do that, be consistent and have something come out every week, is to plan one day a month for maybe an hour, maybe two hours tops, record four videos and release one every week. That is so doable. You can do songs that you already know, or if it's a fam familiar song, you can maybe learn it quickly. And if you already play an instrument, then just pick some songs that you know or that you like, test some things out. But it's totally doable for one day a month. If you want to get your makeup done, you want to set up your camera, you've already done that. And so you yeah. don't have to set up your camera four times in a month. You can do it once, film all your videos. And what I like to do is batch my content. So I'll make the videos one day. Great I'll time management tip day. too. My, my podcast so, listeners know all about batch working. <laughs> yes, so good for productivity. So I'll film one day, edit one day, upload and schedule it another day, and then it's done. And I just optimize it while I'm setting it up and then people find it over time. So do you schedule all of your videos to come out on the same day? Like every Tuesday you have a video or is it just important that it's each week? Right now I have my podcast videos coming out every Friday following when it comes out on the podcast on Monday. Okay. So it kind of spaces it out. Um, and then if I have a big video, like a music video or something special, I usually do a release on a Friday and then people have the whole weekend to watch it. And it does help to get the most views and get a good push on the first day. So the first 24 hours to 48 hours that shows YouTube that it's a good quality video. And so I think Friday is a great day to release, but really just being consistent and keeping that promise to yourself is a big deal. And I think right now um, people are going to watch on their own time and so your audience might have a different time but if you just pick a time and stick with it then you're golden okay so i have a couple more questions and the first is about optimization now uh -huh. you you've kind of given us this keyword and alluded to like you said what words are people searching for what songs are people searching uh -huh. for what instruments in the video those are some things but are there any other tips you have for really optimizing your searches and making the most out of how people can actually find your videos 
Yes, I have several options for you and they're free. So the first thing you can we do love free. <laughs> free is awesome. And yes. I, you know, for, for anybody who's getting started, free is the magic word, right? So um, you can start with a Google search or a YouTube search or a Pinterest search. Those are all search engines that will take any word or any phrase and they'll give you variations of that that are the top searches. Yeah. For instance, if you type in acoustic guitar cover, which is a great keyword on my channel, um, then it will give you options for how to expand that. Acoustic guitar cover for beginners, acoustic guitar cover for, you know, fill in the blank, or, you know, it'll give you maybe five ideas. And those are keywords that you can use that people are searching for. Um, so you can start with that. And what you want to do is make sure you put that keyword, you know, word for word, whichever one you go for, put it in your title, put it in your description of your video, and put it in the tag section. You have 500 characters in the tags, so you can use multiple tags for things that people would search for. I would say just, I would recommend using relevant tags. So you could put your name in there. You could put your band name. You could put, if you're doing a series, you could put that in there. Put the tags for the video. If it's a cover song, you could put the artist name, then the song in one tag. Put the song name, then the artist, in another tag, because that's two different searches. And just think about what people would type in. Yeah. Um, for tutorials, people are looking for tutorials all the time. So how-to content is super searchable. Yeah. Uh, if you want to do how to play this song, how to play this song on guitar, how to play this song on ukulele. Yeah. You can try long tail keywords is what they're called. And you can look up those keywords ahead of time. On Google, YouTube, or Pinterest search, you're going to find some variations of the top searches on all those platforms. So any of them are fine. Um, another tool that I use that is free and also has like a paid feature is called TubeBuddy. And I have a link for that. If anybody wants to use it, it's TubeBuddy.com slash Lydia. And you can use that for free. And what it does is it's a Google Chrome extension. So you can add it. And when you go to your YouTube channel, it gives you shortcuts to your video so you can link to it faster. It gives you extra features so you can do things in bulk over That's multiple nice. videos instead of individually going through each video to make changes. Um, and also my favorite feature of it is the Keyword Explorer, which gives you a ranking for how well that keyword will probably do Ooh, for your wow. channel and then overall. So your channel is going to be a little different based on your types of videos. Right. But it gives you recommendations for keywords. It shows you a ranking for that keyword and you can try different ones. And so that's how I've gone through every one of my videos and optimized my tags. And if people are on here and they're thinking, oh man, I've got a bunch of videos and they're not optimized. You can go back to your videos and bring them back to life by just updating your tags and making sure you have good keywords in your title, description, and in the tag section. So much good info. I feel like we're getting a crash course in YouTube right now. <laughs> so before we wrap up, I want to circle back to one last thing, which was our initial discussion on mindset and confidence as it comes to approaching YouTube. So especially as someone who has struggled with in the, this in the past, what tips do you have for people to really um, optimize their mindset and really come into mm. this with a positive mindset? And also be able to detach themselves and their self-worth from the views that they get, from the response that they get to the videos. 
I know even as a coach, it's really hard and a musician, it can be really hard to not see yourself as your program or as your song or whatever it might be. Uh-huh. So I'm really curious to how you suggest artists can approach this with an open mind and open heart so that they don't end up getting hurt <laughs> during the process and feeling really stuck because uh-huh. they're not getting the momentum they expected or thought. Yes. The first thing I would say is that those thoughts are totally normal and that all of us have create as creatives are going to doubt what we're putting out there, especially if it's something we've worked so hard for. We've put our blood, sweat, and tears into writing a song, recording a song, putting it out there. And then, you know, we've all heard crickets when we put out something that we just really, really love. And then, you know, there's that random YouTube video that I threw up there, didn't even think of anything of it. And it has the most views on my channel. And so what I would say is, as far as putting things out there, the song that goes big is usually the song you least expect. So don't put the pressure on yourself because you can't control what the market is going to do. You can't control what your audience is going to like, what they're going to share. Like all you can do is offer it. And so I think just having a mental picture of you, like with your hands open and just offer this video to the world, say, here it is. Like, here's a song that I wrote. Here's a video that I made for you. Enjoy. And then just let it go because you're going to make more songs. You're going to make more videos. And this is not the one thing that's going to make you YouTube famous, Instagram. Don't count on like one thing being all your eggs in one basket. And it's your make or break moment. That's too much pressure. So when you take the pressure off yourself, you'll realize nobody else is putting pressure on you either. Yes. Oh, and and it's so true. Like how many times do we, the thing that goes viral or the thing that people DM you about or message you about or the thing that you feel most proud about usually is a thing that you were just like, ah, it just kind of happened. Like (laughs) it wasn't a whole big production. It wasn't a whole big um, thing that you were really, really trying hard to make happen or force happen. So such good advice, such a great way to wrap up our discussion today. So Lydia, let us know how we can connect with you further, watch your YouTube videos and learn more about what it's like to be an artist. Awesome. Well, I do want to invite everybody over. You're already listening to a podcast. So go check out the Rustic Songbird podcast because I have people like Katie on my show. She did an interview all about the future of the music industry. And there's other people in the music industry that share about songwriting and promoting your music, releasing your music as an independent artist. So I think your audience would love the podcast. It comes out every week and you can go to rusticsongbird.com for all of my music, for links to my videos and you can search Lydia Walker or Rustic Songbird on YouTube for some of my videos to see some examples of what I'm doing. Feel free to copy any of that if you want to try some of these tips that we've talked about here on the show and you can find me on Instagram at the Lydia Walker. Love it. Thank you so much Lydia for coming on today. Well thank you for having me. This has been super fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Out To Be Podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.